UNHR Department of One trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, grab your coffee, and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. Your host is Brenda Neckvottel, a 20-year human resource professional, ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you. Thank you so much for joining me again back on the show. I'm super excited you guys are here. And uh, back out on the road still again, traveling, making things happen. So uh, yeah, it's been great. It's been busy. It's been wonderful. And uh, I'm just really, really excited to have you guys back. So um, today we're going to kind of continue on with our little bit of our revised format. Um, the, The whole goal and the intention of this podcast is to really bring you the type of information that makes a difference in your workforce, in real life, real things that happen, uh, things that I've seen over the years in doing this, and it's, you know, we're getting some really good feedback on it. So, um, so we're not going to stop. I'm definitely going to keep bringing you, uh, so long as I keep getting the good feedback, like, hey, yeah, this is great. This really helped me out. Thank you so much. Uh, You know what? We're going to keep on delivering time and time again. So, I'm pretty excited about this and you know what the other piece of this is is that one of my visions for this podcast really is to make this more of not only informative but you know it does not meant to be scripty anymore and it's really hopefully sounding more like you know an actual real conversation although I'm the only one on here which means that you know people have been trying to get me to shut up for years and that's just not going to happen so so take it for benefit (laughs) and apply it to your world and uh, life will be great. So today we're going to be talking about um, a pretty awesome subject and actually it was spurred by a conversation that I had with one of my clients uh, last week in regards to a safety incident that took place and basically what we're going to talk about is the side of safety that really nobody wants to talk about and what I mean by that is is that you know what we know safety is important Um, we also know that you know in our world wherever you are in the workplace that in some some environments more so than others but you know what we work in a we live operate in world where it's not a matter of if something is going to happen it's a matter of when and so when we're talking about safety you know we hear the word safety first and yeah it is important but at the same time it also has its place and it doesn't always fit into how business operates so we're going to be talking about that a little bit today but before we do that um we've got some poster announcements and some uh news and movement across the nation that i want to share with you guys so first off uh posters 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 if you are in these states then you guys have a poster change that has come up since late may um all the way through to what is it was is expected to roll out in the first of July. So um, I'm going to tell you how you can get posters and get them at a reduced price without having a lot of 
you know, a lot of spam stuff coming at you, a lot of, you know, if you ever get those envelopes where, you know, they're like, your posters are out of compliance. It's like, well, yeah, you can throw that stuff away. <laughs> you don't need that. We're going to get you hooked up with a really great connection that doesn't do that stuff. So, all right. So first off, if you're a federal contractor, please remember that you also need the federal contract poster. If you don't have that, you're out of compliance. So for every company that's out there in every state, you are required to have a federal poster and a state poster. But federal contractors, you need the federal poster, your respective state poster, and the federal contracting compliance poster as well. So make sure if you don't have one, you get that up. Uh, Colorado, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and the city of San Francisco, you guys all have poster changes. And uh, make sure that if you haven't updated your posters or you don't know if they're out of date, then by all means, go check out what you have showing up. You can get posters at our, with our friends over at Labor Law Compliance Center. If you go to our website at bestpractices.work, click on the Affiliates button, scroll down, you'll actually see their uh, link to their website. There is a code that we've put up there that you can use to get 25% off the purchase of your next order of posters. So they're really great. <clears throat> once uh, you get on their, once you get on their list, um, they, like I said, they don't bombard you. They don't send scary envelopes. They don't inundate you with, you know, hey, you need to get all of this other stuff. They're not like that. And that's part of the reason why we chose them. They're pretty great. Um, they're good people over there. I've had a lot of time to talk to them. And, uh, you know, they do a really good job of staying on top of this stuff. So uh, Labor Law uh, Compliance Center, you guys can go ahead and check them out on our website over at bestpractices.org. Click on the affiliates link and use the code to get 25% off. Okay, so some changing laws across the country. So Colorado, um, Colorado has instituted the ban the box. And if you don't know what ban the box is, ban the box is now what prohibits employers from asking about prior criminal experience, <laughs> I guess is a good way of putting it, um, or convictions. Probably That's probably a better way of putting it. And we're not talking about arrest, but we're actually talking about convictions. It's no longer prohibited in the state of Colorado. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't figure it out, but when you do figure it out, it has to now come at the point of after the offer has been extended and you are uh, working on an actual uh, background check. So if you have more questions about what ban the box is for your particular state, you guys are also welcome to reach out to me directly as well. Uh, New York has expanded their harassment laws as well. So if you're in the state of New York, you want to definitely check that out. Um, there's also something that's coming out that is relatively new and I haven't really looked into it too much. It may be, maybe a future upcoming podcast kind of depends on how it goes, but it looks like there are going to be some new rules that are going to allow employees to buy individual health insurance plans through an HRA, which is a healthcare reimbursement uh, plan. So still new, don't do anything uh, probably with that one yet, but it's definitely something to take a look at. Uh, over in Connecticut, Connecticut also expands harassment training and posting obligations for employers. So if you're in Connecticut, make sure you're jumping on top of that. Over in Illinois, uh, the SB 75 now requires anti-harassment training for all employees, special requirements for bars and restaurants exclusively. So if you're in that state, <clears throat> make sure you're staying on top of that compliance. 
And it looks like over in Nevada that there are some settlement agreements which now cannot uh, prevent employees in the state of Nevada from disclosing workplace sex discrimination or harassment. So that is some new case law that is coming out, um, which actually seems to be pretty interesting. So folks over in Nevada, uh, definitely make sure that you are well aware of what exactly that means. Over in New Jersey, now this is really interesting, New Jersey has become the first state that now requires panic buttons for their hotel workers. Um, so if you guys are not following up on that over in New Jersey, make sure that you're jumping on that too. Uh, Alabama has now passed a state equal pay act. Illinois also again, um, here we go again, changes in uh, laws in regards to marijuana use. So Illinois is now poised to protect marijuana users from adverse employment actions as part of marijuana legalization legislation. So folks, it ain't over. <laughs> and, and be honest, you know, we did a, a, an episode, a couple episodes back on the changing landscape of marijuana laws and usage. It's not, it's, it's not slowing down. It's like every time I do my research and I start taking a look at stuff and I get a lot of information pouring into me on a regular basis, something about marijuana is changing on a regular basis. So just stay on top of it because it is now ramping up. It was, believe it or not, one of our most popular um, podcasts in literally like in 24 hours. I've never seen so many people participating and listening to an episode as fast as I did that one and the one on CBD usage. So um, <laughs> pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. And lastly, um, Minnesota uh, now is placing legislation on the docket that is going to pay attention to um, wage theft law. And what that simply means is that it will now implicate criminally if an employee is stealing wages. So a, a really simple, very simplified example of what theft of time looks like is that when you have an employee who is punching in but not actually working the hours and then punching out. So they're, they're taking credit for time that they're not actually working. There are states that are now implementing criminal liability on part of the employee, which is also another reason why employers need to really stay on top of their time cards and time information um, because uh, the stakes are definitely increasing for sure. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about when I mentioned earlier, uh, the side of safety that really nobody really wants to have a conversation on. and But it is a conversation that takes place on a fairly regular basis. And I was doing some research and I came across um, a, an article that was actually written in February 2012. And it was quoting some, uh, some things that Mike Rowe was saying in regards to safety. Now, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Mike Rowe. Um, this is not a micro bashing session. Matter of fact, I would love to actually have him on the show and talk about this because he comes from a very different perspective than I do. And I honestly, I think it would be some really great banter. Um, so who knows, maybe someday we may be chatting with micro. Um, but, but this was actually written by a company called, uh, safety news, well, think safety and ocean news, um, safety news alert, excuse me, dot com. And the, the title of this was called Micro Safety First is a Load of Unmitigated Nonsense. And it was kind of interesting reading through this. And again, it brought me back to the conversation I was having with one of my clients this past week. So 
Mike Rowe, if you don't know who he is, he was the guy that starred on the Discovery Channel's uh, show, Dirty Jobs. It was an absolutely hilarious show. It'll gross you out <laughs> more times than you can imagine. But it was, it, the intention behind it was to demonstrate that, you know what, there's a lot of really nasty jobs out there that people do to earn a living. And yeah, they do put themselves into harm's way. Um, so what they were saying was that in the jobs that he has seen so far, when, when companies, you know, jump up and down, they say safety first, he has not necessarily seen that. He doesn't, in his perception, in his experience, and the exposure that he's received, and doing the types of, the ty working on the type of work that was part of the show, that very rarely, if not never, <clears throat> um, is safety ever a priority. And that could be, in part, that he's not visiting a lot of mega corporations. He's working with smaller businesses, which that absolutely there's a lot of truth to that um but then there are also larger companies to where safety is a major priority and some of that is because larger companies tend to be a bigger target well smaller companies also tend to be a bigger target but in a different way so a larger company will be a bigger target because they're more newsworthy a smaller company will be a bigger target to osha not for the intention of trying to inflict uh, financial, you know, restitution or fines or harm. I mean, it just that's just the way it is. Is that a lot of small companies do not have the information available, or do they? They don't know where to go get it, or they don't understand the level of importance it is to put something in place. Hence, again, the reason why I was having a conversation with my my uh, client last week because that is an environment where absolutely somebody is going to get injured, and he is very passionate about safety. He doesn't tolerate people working in an unsafe manner or fooling around because the type of work that they do will absolutely cut somebody's hands off or can shoot electricity through parts of their body or, you know, they're dealing with welding at high temps and you just don't screw around with stuff like that. He's no problem spending the, you know, five, six thousand dollars to put a safety on a moving tool to really mitigate the risk and that's the whole goal so in this article <clears throat> it talks about it talks about how there was some feedback um, pointed out that the employers simply do not make safety a priority and there are some employees that sometimes feel that way you know everybody's got opinions and then that it's coming from a place only from attorneys who are scaring employers. So, although there is some truth to that, if you are managing a safety program, clearly you have a very different perspective on it. Now, if a lot of people hear the same thing, safety first, safety first, safety first, there was also a comment in this article about how people tend to get complacent quicker if there is an overwhelming campaign campaign on the same thing, safety first, safety first, safety first. So I somewhat agree with that because I have seen it myself. And it's one of those things that where if it's just the phrase and there's no action taken behind it to educate, to correct, to inspect, to review, then yes, it can 
it can just only be really babble at that point. So in what had taken place, part of the reason why I was doing a visit with a client last week is that a mutual acquaintance of ours, mutual friend of ours, actually got electro uh, electrocuted while he was working on a particular project. He's alive. Uh, matter of fact, I just spent some time with him, a couple, couple of visits with him now. He's alive, but he is not the same. And what I mean by that is his body is very sore. Um, there seems to be something new that is coming up now every day as a result of this. And um, he certainly understands that this is by no means a joke. And, and had it have been anybody else, I can tell you right now, they would have absolutely died. I, I cannot believe that he's actually still here on this planet. And so the conversation that we were having was that when you put a safety program in place, it quote unquote tends to get bigger than what the program seems to be impacting or affecting. And, and you know what? And he's right. In some regards, it is right. So there's a very delicate balance that has to take place as to safety like HR is not a money generating program. It is a money depleting program. And that is not necessarily bad if the money is being spent and the effort is being spent and the labor to support it is being spent wisely and it has dedicated objectives that actually move the needle towards improving safety. And I'll give you an example. Many years ago, I was working for a company to where we had, in one year, 32% of our workforce was getting injured in some way or manner. It could be from an object in the eye. It could be from muscle strain. It could be from slips, trips, and falls. It was even due to inhalation of chemicals. Um, so we had a very... 32% of your workforce, that is extremely high. So I was tasked with bringing that number drastically down. And I took a very hard, close look at what the company program was supposed to be about and instituted a lot of the things that weren't in place. So first, what wasn't in place is, well, we did have a safety committee, but what we didn't have is we didn't have a cross-functional safety committee. So we didn't have representation from the multiple departments in the area. So that's what we did. Um, I got volunteers, two volunteers from every section of the company. That way, if one person wasn't able to make it, then the other person was obligated to attend. So what it did is it allowed us to come together and actually talk about the things that people are seeing and it gave us the ability to learn more about it and actually address it and that's exactly what we did in addition to that it allowed us to be able to educate all the participants so that way when they did see something out there they were tasked and they did a really good job of it because they were very committed to this um, to actually pointing those things out and one of the things that was happening is that we had a lot of managers that were running around with their safety goggles on top of their head. And although they were, they were trying to do their best to implement safety glass usage, but the problem was is that when they were talking to their employees about it, they weren't living up to it because it was, they were just sitting on top of their head and they actually weren't shielding their eyes at the time there was a conversation. Again, babble. It didn't mean anything. I mean, it was a good effort, but the problem was is that they weren't modeling the appropriate behavior. So gradually over time, in about six to eight months, we reassessed, I did a reanalysis of the numbers. We dropped our workforce accident rate down so low that we went from 32% of our workforce being injured down to 12%. 
And that was huge because it was, it was almost 200 employees at the time. So that was a pretty fantastic turnaround. And that number continued to drop to 6%. So we had a very, very, very low uh, incident rate. We had people that knew what was going on. We didn't bang the safety first drum. What we banged was education, inspection, follow-up. And if we saw something, we corrected it. If we saw something, we talked about it. We saw something, we identified it. We made employees aware of it. But what was something else that was very important too is that we invited employee feedback and comments. So anytime somebody spoke up and said something, it became important. And that was a huge driving factor, not to mention it was a driving factor in the fact that we brought the stuff down, we brought the, res the incident rate back down, but it also meant that we had employee engagement. We didn't have to go out and spend a ton of money and put a ton of effort into making something happen because over time, in a very short period of time, we got employee buy-in. Um, another company that I worked at, we had, uh, I was tasked with not only my location, but 11 other locations really being the champion for safety because of these accomplishments and, and it was a lot of fun. But I'd go around and I would do the inspections with the uh, operations managers of every location. And it was amazing that they just pencil whipped all of the inspection forms until we actually walked through it together and we had a critical eye attached to these things. And we were able to, again, really drop the, the rate of risk down to something. And we had a rule uh, at another job. And this was a very high, very high uh, potential for incident. It was amazing that we didn't have any more than we did. But I think it was mainly in part because the big rule that we had in place is that anybody can call an all stop. And this was an environment to where you're dealing with high flammables, cryogenic systems, high powered systems, uh, pneumatics, hydraulics. I mean, stuff that can really screw a person up and create death. Um, high gases, just every volatile system out there that you could possibly be involved in, that's what we did. And that was the rule. Anybody that was out in the field could call an all stop and nobody, nobody would get criticized for it. So safety is important. So remember that, you know what, we are working in an environment where it's not a matter of if, it is definitely a matter of when. So here we are back in the studio again, um, and I really want to take a moment to say thank you again uh, for joining me. This is a lot of fun to do, and I really hope that um, you get a lot of really good useful information out of it. And I know that's probably a little repetitive from earlier, but um, you know what? You know, when gratitude is given, things tend to get really good. So speaking of getting really good, um, you guys can follow me if you want to find out what's going on. You can follow me on Instagram and on Facebook at Best Practices in HR. You can also follow me on Twitter and on LinkedIn by following Brenda Neckvattle. That's Brenda and the last name is N-E-C-K-V-A-T-A-L. If you don't know how to pronounce it, think a bottleneck and flip it around and that's exactly how you do it. And um, you know what, check out and see what's going on in the website, check out and see what's going on in social media. Um, we've got some new workshops that are taking place, i got some exciting news that I'm 
chomping at the bit to share with you guys, but we're not quite ready to release it just yet, but it's going to be pretty cool, and I'm really excited about it. Um, upcoming episodes, we've got Jim coming back again. Um, I know I've dangled that out there a few times. We're going to be talking about some other things like, you know, we're going to talk about sexual harassment, but we're going to have a little bit of a different spin on it. Um, we're going to talk about managing trauma in the workplace. Um, we've already had one conversation on safety. We may wind up doing another one. Um, we're also looking at one specifically for federal contractors as well. So we got some really good stuff that's coming on. We also have um, some benefits conversations and affirmative action planning coming up your way as well. So definitely stay tuned for the next several episodes. Um, we may even be able to get Chira back and have yet another really funny episode like what we did a few back um, talking about what uh, the fun, some of the funny things that employees do so look stay tuned um, thank you again for joining me and uh, I really appreciate you guys have a wonderful wonderful day Bye.